Hello, love, and welcome to Become Your Own Savior, the podcast for spiritually minded women who want to learn how to heal the unconscious source of the problematic patterns that keep repeating in their lives so they can become truly free and reclaim their power to create a life they truly love. I'm your host, master hypnotherapist and quantum healer, Genevieve Joy. In this episode, I'm going to tell you the story of how I became my own savior and rescued myself from a chronic pattern of relationship abuse and brought myself back from the brink of death from two chronic and debilitating diseases. That might sound like an exaggeration, but in the next few minutes, I'm going to show you that it is not. So if you've ever felt like what you're going through is just too hard and there's no way out, or if you felt like it's not possible for you to have that abundant and joyful life that you envision for yourself, or if you felt afraid that you're not capable of doing what it takes to put a stop to the patterns that are keep playing out in your life that are causing you to suffer so that you can finally be truly happy, well, you're going to love this episode because I felt all of those things at the same time. And with one shift in my perspective... And then learning how to do one simple healing process, I was able to completely break that cycle of abuse and permanently transform both my physical body and the quality of my everyday reality in 30 minutes. Let's dive in. Back in 2017, I was at the lowest point in my life, physically, emotionally, and mentally. I was a stay-at-home mom to three homeschooled kids, ages 13, 8, and 5, and I had been living in an abusive marriage for 14 years. Physically, I felt like my body was like a living torture chamber because I had two lifelong chronic diseases that doctors said were incurable. One of those chronic diseases is something called interstitial cystitis, and I was diagnosed with it when I was only two years old. If you're not familiar, interstitial cystitis is like the pain of like really intense urinary tract infection without the infection. So it has no medically recognized cause or cure. And my earliest memories as a child are just being in constant agonizing pain. And when I complained about it, the doctors told my parents that it cannot possibly be that bad. Kids don't get this. So I have to be making it up to try and get attention. And so my parents just started to ignore me. And then I began to suffer in silence. And if my parents thought that I wasn't smiling enough, or if I spent too much time in my room, they'd tell me that I was an ungrateful brat. And then they'd just, you know, give me the silent treatment and refuse to acknowledge my existence for like several days. And my parents divorced when I was four. And one summer when I was like six or seven, I was at my biological father's house and he was really into NASCAR and professional drag racing. And I remember I was having an intense um, pain flare up that day. And I remember I was just like sobbing and laying in the fetal position on my bedroom floor. And he walked in and he said, get up, we're going to a drag race. And I said, I can't do it. And he kept trying to badger me into doing what he wanted, but I like just physically could not do it. And I remember he got so angry that he was clenching his teeth and his face got all red and he put his face like two inches from mine and he said, I will remember this. And then when Christmas time rolled around, my younger brother and I went to his house and when we woke up on Christmas morning, I mean, it was just like it was any other day. And we asked him about it. He said, oh, we're going to have Christmas go get in the truck. And in the back of the truck were a bunch of wrapped gifts or what they appeared to be wrapped gifts. They may have been empty, but we got in and he drove us over to a dumpster where he told us to put all the gifts in the trash, which we did. And we were crying and asking him, you know, why is he making us do this? And he got in my face and he said, you know why. 
So my whole childhood, I just felt emotionally and psychologically terrorized by both of my parents. And things got more intense when I started having new physical symptoms. By the time I was 11, I was overweight and I had just this crushing exhaustion. And I remember feeling like I was wearing like a weighted suit every day. And I had a rather large and suspicious lump in my neck, like softball size large. And my stepfather decided that the problem was that I just wasn't getting enough exercise. So he enrolled me in soccer, but I was so exhausted. I couldn't really run. And when I did, I'd get so dizzy that I'd pass out. And once again, I complained to my parents about my symptoms and I was told to, you know, stop making up stories to get attention. There's a lot more to my health story and I'm going to share it with you in our upcoming season on becoming your own health savior. What you need to know for now is that, you know, the universe conspired in the most bizarre and miraculous way to put me in the exam room of a thyroid oncologist who took one look at me and said, you have a big problem and it is an emergency. And then several months later, I was finally diagnosed with advanced metastatic thyroid cancer. And after years of surgeries and treatments, the cancer appeared to be gone, but that crushing fatigue never really left. And I was still in daily excruciating pain from that interstitial cystitis. And I was just sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. And I was worn out from trying to convince people that I needed help. And I felt unsafe and unloved and rejected by my family and trapped in a body that felt more like a living torture chamber than a temple for my soul. And frankly, I was losing the will to live and I was still a kid. And I remember sitting in my bedroom one day when I was 13 and just being in so much pain that I couldn't see straight and being so tired and just wanting to sleep all day long and being so exhausted from trying to, you know, walking on eggshells around my parents that I remember thinking, I cannot go on like this anymore. I don't think I can kill myself, but I can't keep living like this. I just, I really wanted to live, to feel alive. But I felt like I couldn't do that with parents who rejected me in a body that was sick. So I made a very conscious choice to completely disassociate myself from my body and my identity so that I could get on with my life. And I became an expert people pleaser. And I shapeshifted into whoever I needed to be to get a little bit of positive attention from my parents. Not much, just enough so that I could say to myself, I'm a good kid. And I just became physically and emotionally numb so that I could do the things I wanted to do. I wanted to play sports and write and play music. So every day I would wake up and I'd ask myself, what would I do today if I wasn't in pain or exhausted or depressed? And then I would just pretend that I was somebody who felt fine and I'd go do what I wanted to do. And that's how I got through middle school, high school, and college. And it was really fucking hard. <laughs> and I definitely would not say that I was happy, but I managed to create some you know, semblance of a life for myself. And, and I was proud of that. But In 2000, in my last year of college, my relationship with my mother became untenable. I was living like four hours away from home and going to school full-time as a student athlete and then working uh, part-time. And every Tuesday and Thursday from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m., my mother would call me at work and just berate me to the point that I would just sit and cry during our whole conversation. So I read this book called Emotional Blackmail by Susan Forward, and she gives you this formula for confronting people who are hurting you. And I thought, this is going to be so great. I'm going to finally be able to put a stop to this pattern of chronic emotional abuse. So I decided to confront my mom and my step father about the way they were treating me. And I demanded that they stop. And I did it once in person and then again over email. And both times they responded by calling me an ungrateful bitch. 
And that's when they started making wild accusations that I was mentally unstable, that I was on hardcore drugs, and they were starting to hint that I needed to be forced into some kind of facility where I could be set straight and start being a good Christian girl again. And that's when I knew like, okay, this is dangerous and I'm not going to be able to extricate myself from this relationship with my parents without help. So a few weeks later, I happened to walk into a bar. I'd never been to a bar before and I immediately locked eyes with this tall, dark, drunk guy and And I knew in my heart, that's the guy who's going to help me get away from my parents. And he did. And we started dating. And he said, look, the way they're treating you is not okay. And I'm going to make this stop. And for quite a while, he was a barrier between me and them. And for the first time, I started to feel safe. And I started to believe that that pattern of emotional abuse was over. But just a few years after we got married, I started to realize that the reason that he knew exactly what to say to my parents to make them go away uh, was not because he was some sort of conversational wizard. It was because he was exactly like them. In fact, he was abusive in ways that my parents could not even conceive of, which meant that not only had I allowed this pattern of relationship abuse to continue, it felt a lot worse this time because I had three children with him. And as a stay-at-home mom with no family to turn to for help, I was completely dependent on him, and I would be completely alone when I left. And I knew that if living with him was a nightmare, leaving him would be a full-on fight for my life. And I just believed that I didn't have the physical or emotional strength to win. Because by that time, that interstitial cystitis pain had become so intense that it would cause me to vomit or pass out on a regular basis. Now, I'm over six feet tall, and I only weighed 112 pounds. I looked like a walking skeleton. I really felt like I was near death. And, you know, after spending 14 years in an abusive marriage, I just run out of emotional strength to pretend like I was okay. I just, I felt like staying with him was a nightmare and leaving him was impossible. And I just lost my will to live. But again, I felt like I, I couldn't just end it all because I got kids and they're going to be stuck with this pattern and, you know, living this life if I'm gone. So I just really felt stuck. <laughs> I felt stuck in a torture chamber with no way out because after years of doing things that I knew were wrong for me on a soul level, I'd allowed my all my self-belief to just drain away. And that self-belief, that emotional strength was the one thing that I needed to make it out alive and I didn't have any left. And that's why I stayed in that horrible situation for so long because leaving felt like certain death. But I finally left because I reached a place where I no longer cared if I lived or died. I just wanted something to be different. And one day I found the tiniest opening that helped me make a mindset shift that changed everything. And it came from the last place I ever thought I would find hope, my husband. He's always been a big drinker. And while we were married, you know, he'd go partied up with his friends during the day. And then he'd come home and take all of his emotions out on me. And every time I'd stand up for myself by saying, you know, all the things you're supposed to say, like, you know, what you're doing is totally unacceptable and you need to stop it. Look how you're hurting me. Look how you're hurting the kids. And every time he'd respond in the same way, he'd say, I don't have a problem. You're the only one with the problem. And obviously his intention was to gaslight me. And for a long time, it worked until one day he said those same things again. But for some reason, I heard them differently. And this time I allowed myself to stop for a second and get a little bit curious. And I asked myself, okay, wait a minute. What, what is a problem really? Well, maybe a problem is something that causes somebody to feel pain. Okay, well... If that's true, then who in this situation is feeling pain? Well, it's not him. (laughs) It's me. And that means I am the one with the problem. 
and it's this problem belongs to me, then I am the one with the authority to fix it. That's the moment when my whole life turned around because I stopped caring about who was right and who was wrong and who started it. And all I cared about was making it stop as fast as possible. And I stopped trying to save my ex from himself. And I stopped trying to save my kids from their dad. And I decided to put everything I had into saving myself. And I held on to the belief that by doing everything I possibly could to end this generational pattern of abuse, both self-abuse and abuse from other people, then I would show my kids how to save themselves too. And that is exactly what happened. I was very, very sick at that time. And I had no support system and I had zero dollars to my name. And I had no idea how I was going to get out of this awful relationship. But I knew that separating myself from this man as much as humanly possible was the right thing for me. And because it was the right thing, then some way, somehow it was just going to have to work. And so the very next day I filed for divorce and I started researching the weirdest, most out there healing methods to try and heal my physical, mental, and emotional suffering. Because I realized that I didn't want to just end this problematic relationship. I wanted to end the problematic pattern that it stemmed from. Because the last thing I wanted was, you know, to fight so hard to end this relationship only to have this pattern pop up again in another relationship or worse, have my kids play out this pattern in their relationships. Because I realized that my abusive relationship with my husband was not a one-off thing. It was the result of a long-standing pattern that had run rampant through my family for generations. And the only reason my mother married my biological father was because marriage was the only way that she could extricate herself from the crazy, cultish, abusive you know, family that she had. And of course, you know, by marrying my father, all she did was trade one form of relationship abuse for another. And then later she perpetuated that with me. So I knew that leaving my husband was not going to be enough to break this pattern because my mother and I had already tried the same thing and it had failed. And I realized that even though I was consciously making choices that I thought would end that pattern of abuse, somehow I was unconsciously drawn toward the kind of person who repeated that problematic pattern. And I wanted to become somebody who was unconsciously drawn towards people who were the opposite of him. And I thought, okay, if I can become that person, then I'll be able to show my kids how to become that person too. And then this pattern of abuse will be gone for good. So I set on on a, like a quest to figure out how to become who I wanted to be. And I'd been in traditional therapy my entire life. And it did help me to feel like validated in my emotions and my experiences. It helped me get my sanity back, right? But it didn't change anything in my day-to-day reality. I was still the same person. I just felt a little bit better about it. So I decided to get as far away from the mainstream as I could. And I started learning about unconscious and esoteric healing methods. And that's when I found hypnotherapy and quantum healing. And one day in 2017, about four months after I filed for divorce, and I started on this quantum healing journey, I had a really intense flare up of that interstitial cystitis pain. I was sobbing and I was close to passing out. And I just decided to try a simple quantum healing process that I learned in my research. And I remember thinking, there's no way this is going to work, but I don't have anything to lose. So why not? So I just, I gave it a try. And within 30 minutes, my physical pain went from a 10 out of 10 to a three. And 20 minutes later, it was a zero. And since that moment, six years ago, that pain has never come back. Not even a teeny tiny bit, even though the most stressful times of my life have happened after that moment. 
And I remember sitting very still and letting that realization really sink in that I had just done something with quantum healing that the top doctors all over the country said would never happen. I made a real life miracle. And right then I became a totally different woman. I mean, 30 minutes earlier, I felt like a hopeless victim, full of pain. But in that moment, I felt like some combination of a warrior and a fairy godmother. (laughs) And all I wanted to do was learn how to get even better at it so that I could make even more miracles. And that's frankly exactly what I did. I got my certification as a master hypnotherapist because that's the foundation of quantum healing. And I started working with women who wanted to heal the source of their problematic patterns, not just feel a little better for a little while. And I continued to take my study of unconscious healing methods even further until I went through a powerful spiritual initiation into ancient Hawaiian Huna, which I believe is the pinnacle of quantum healing methods. And I used all that information to create the powerful healing process that I now use with my clients and my students. So since that day back in 2017, when I used that piece of the quantum healing process for the first time, I've ended that generational pattern of abuse without making myself a martyr to it. And my favorite piece of evidence that that pattern has ended is my children. They used to, you know, go along to get along and just do whatever they thought would keep their dad from exploding, but they stand up for themselves now and their feelings and their memories of events when somebody's trying to gaslight them. There's just, there's something inside them that won't let them be victimized anymore. And I believe it's there because I made the same fundamental change. I'm no longer projecting the energy of victimhood. And instead I'm projecting self-confidence and self-worth and self-trust. And in order for them to stay in a close relationship with me, which they want, they have to align themselves with that energy signature too. And as I've watched them grow older and make more and more of their own choices over and over again, I've seen them make choices that are difficult, but that honor their intuition and allow them to be more of their most authentic selves, even when that meant risking conflict with somebody in a position of authority over them. So for me personally, my life certainly is not all sunshine and rainbows all the time. (laughs) But since I made the commitment to walk the path of the spiritual warrior, I've created a life for myself that is beyond anything that I could have imagined even just five years ago. I know exactly who I am. I know exactly what I want. And I know exactly what I will never allow again and what I need in order to feel truly happy. I know what my purpose is in this lifetime and I know how to carry it out. And that has given me such a deep sense of fulfillment that I never thought that I would have. And for the first time, I don't feel like I'm lacking anything. I feel whole and complete and I don't feel afraid because I know for sure that I have what it takes to handle anything I face in life. And when I compare who I am now with who I was just five or six years ago, I just feel so in awe because time after time I've done what everybody said I shouldn't be able to do. And I want to show you how to do the same thing so that everything that you can imagine can actually become your reality. And in the next episode, I'm going to show you the one thing that has to happen before we can even think about doing any meaningful quantum healing work that can help you free yourself from your problematic patterns. If you're suffering with any kind of problem that just won't go away, then on some level, you're doing this. 
But if you've been following mainstream spiritual advice, you may have been convinced that you've got it all covered. So in the next episode, I'm going to help you answer the question, what's the most important thing I need to start doing right now so I can stop suffering and become truly free? I'm going to show you what that is, why it's so important, how to do it in the way that really works, and what's going to happen for you when you do. When you're ready, I'll meet you there. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, head on over to becomeyourownsavior.com and get started on your way to healing the unconscious source of your problematic patterns so you can finally become free and create a life you truly love. And if you'd like to join this movement of women who are reclaiming their spiritual power and healing the world by healing themselves, you can help us grow by following the show and leaving a review and letting me know how the Become Your Own Savior podcast has impacted you. Until next time, I'm Genevieve Joy. And I don't feel afraid because I know for sure that I have what it takes to handle anything I face in life. And when I compare who I am now with who I was just you know five or six years ago, I just feel so in awe because time after time, I've done what everybody said I shouldn't be able to do. And I want to show you how to do the same thing so that everything you can imagine can become real for you. So hopefully by listening to my story, which is admittedly kind of (laughs) wild, it's the outlier on the bell curve, right? But hopefully it's shown you that, you know, if I can do this, there's nothing special about me. I'm just a regular woman. I just made an intense commitment and I stayed committed to following it through. That's all. If I can do this, you absolutely can do this. It is possible for you. And in the next episode, I'm going to show you the one thing that has to happen before we can even think about doing any meaningful quantum healing work that can help you free yourself from any problematic patterns. If you're suffering with any kind of problem that just will not go away, then on some level, you're not doing this one thing. But if you've been following mainstream spiritual advice, then you may have been convinced that you got it all covered. So in the next episode, I'm going to help you answer the question, what's the most important thing I need to start doing right now so I can stop suffering and become truly free? I'm going to show you what that is, why it's so important, and how to do it in the way that really works, and what's going to happen for you when you do. When you're ready, I'll meet you there. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, head on over to becomeyourownsavior.com and get started on your way to healing the unconscious source of your problematic patterns so you can finally become free and create a life you truly love. And if you'd like to join this movement of women who are reclaiming their spiritual power and healing the world by healing themselves, you can help us grow by following the show and leaving the review and letting me know how the Become Your Own Savior podcast has impacted you. Until next time, I'm Genevieve Joy.